Welcome to the Liquid Church Podcast, a place where you can hear the timeless truth of God's Word in a way that's culturally relevant and cutting edge. With each message and series from Pastors Tim and Nathan, we hope you'll discover how God's story relates to your own and that you will leave feeling encouraged. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the message. What's up? What's up, Liquid Church? Thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Jonathan, and I serve as a youth pastor here, and I'm so honored to be here doing our chosen series where we're binging Jesus. We're seeing how scripture meets cinema and faith meets film as we follow the acclaimed TV series, The Chosen. And I'm personally really grateful for shows like The Chosen because, you know, it gives my family something else to binge besides Superbook. I just want to know, any Superbook fans out here? Anybody was raised? All right, all right, you're all <laughs> Uh, if you don't know, Superbook is this really OG way to binge Jesus, right? It's a, it's a real cartoony show about the Bible that, you know, hey, my family loves to pile on the couch and, and watch. Actually, these are, these are my two boys, Isaac, uh, the older one, the shallow, the younger. Um, and after getting my oldest son to watch an episode of The Chosen, he's like, what, like what's, what's up with the accent on Jesus, Dad? Like, Superbook Jesus is American. Like, everybody knows Jesus is American, Dad. But that's, that's actually what I love about this show because it illustrates the Bible in such a real and relatable way to help us connect with these characters. And I, you know, and I believe this is something that we all need to do from time to time to be refreshed to the truths of the Bible. And Pastor Tim and Pastor Kyra have been giving powerful messages looking through the eyes of these biblical characters. So today... I'm really excited to talk to you guys about Matthew because his story is so powerful and so relevant to us today as we've all been physically isolated over these last nine months. And and for some of us, this quarantine has been feeling like we've been trapped in cages. So the story of Matthew will show us how Jesus is calling us out. See, I grew up in a very traditional church where we had like stained glass pictures of Jesus and, and the disciples. So when I think of Matthew, when I think of disciples, this is the image that comes to mind. But the show Chosen has a way of just shattering this two-dimensional stained glass image and showing us a Matthew that has depth, that has complexities. See, all the, all the disciples were a ragtag, you know, misfit crew. But I think Matthew in high school would probably be voted least likely to be a disciple. And when we read his story, we see why. His story is found in the book uh, that he will ultimately record, the book of Matthew 9.9, where it says, as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. See, Matthew was a tax collector. And this made him a peculiar choice to be a disciple of Jesus because tax collectors in this time were the most hated and most loathed people in Jerusalem. See, they worked for Rome, and they were considered traitors and and cheats. See, fellow Jews would literally spit on them as they they walked by. Can you imagine, right? So just getting to his tax booth every day made Matthew have to hide his ride. Check it out. Keep your voice down. Pardon me, Mr. Public Anus. 
It's me that don't want to be seen with you, remember? It's Publicanus. I like it the other way, tax man. Hey, 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 hey! It's a month's salary for all my sons combined right there. You just toss them out? These are my property. I do with them as I wish. I pay you to drive. You stiff through trash on your own time. Driving you's a bit of both now, isn't it? <laughs> if any citizen asks about my cargo, I must tell the truth. <laughs> it's the biggest pile of dung in all Capernaum. <laughs> See, that was the life of a tax collector in first century. So you were considered trash and had to hide in the garbage. Matthew's fellow Jews, they, they hated him. And he was a social outcast in every way. In fact, the producers of the show imagined that Matthew was, you know, very socially awkward. You know, um, if you watch the show, you'll see that he has some tics and some tendencies that even suggest that perhaps he's on the spectrum. Now here at Liquid, you know, we have a huge heart for inclusion to families with special needs. But unfortunately, our world at large today still struggles to see the overlooked. And so way back in the ancient world, someone who was on the spectrum, who was also a tax collector, would have a double stigma, seeing as someone on the fringes of society. But I just want to stop here and just say that although the Bible doesn't illustrate Matthew in this way, like how much does it fall in line with the heart of Jesus who chooses to call people that the world rejects and sees as outcasts? Anybody else thankful for God for that? Amen. See, tax collectors, they, they were traitors because they corroborated with the Romans to economically oppress the people. They were cheats because many tax collectors would overtax the people and put the excess in their pockets. Then Pharisees like Nicodemus, who Pastor Tim talked about last week, would exile tax collectors from the temple because their actions were considered unclean under the laws of Moses. They were turncoats. They, they were double agents who worked for the enemy and stole from their own people. So you can understand the disgust, right? In one scene, we see Matthew's job just wasn't to collect the taxes, but he was also an informant, a, a rat for the Romans. And we see him here spying on his fellow Jews. Check it out. You might have been right about Simon. He double-crossed me. Maybe. Probably. Truth is, I don't have many seaworthy troops here. It might have been an accident. Dominus? Follow Simon. I want to know where he goes, with whom he meets. Tell me what they're talking about, what he's drinking. Anything. The latter may prove difficult. In fact, all of what you request, Dominus, may prove difficult. But you're a resourceful man. Goal-oriented. Huh? I'm not accepted. Where? Anywhere. I'm a tax collector. Viewed with jealousy. Hated. Everyone hates tax collectors. They're worse than the Romans. You were born Roman. I made the choice. So go in disguise, I don't care. <laughs> Used by the Romans, hated by the Jews, that was Matthew's life. See, he was either hated or invisible. Now, can you imagine how his self-esteem was in shreds? So, so Matthew stays on the fringes of two communities, but never has any community of his own. And in the show, you know, Matthew spends most of his time behind his tax booth, which resembles more of a cage. And Matthew, because of guilt, learned to accept his place as an outcast and learned to live in isolation. See, Matthew learned to live behind his cage. And this is where I believe Matthew is a lot like us. Because we learn 
to live in cages of isolation as well. You know, with the year that we've had, physical isolation is something we've all become so familiar with, right? However, there are even deeper levels of isolation that we all experience. You know, in the season, many, many of us have been experiencing unrest in our minds. We've been experiencing deep levels of loneliness. You know, a friend of mine told me that the more Zoom conferences he's on, the more lonely he feels. You know, many of us have been struggling to connect with God. And, and yeah, being physically disconnected from people have contributed to these tensions. But I believe that this time has put spotlights on our cages of isolation. And see, a cage of isolation, there are aspects of our lives that keep us from being whole and connected. And there are many types of cages. Maybe you're in a cage of social isolation like Matthew and you feel all alone, disconnected from friends and families. You know, in the show, you see Matthew beat up by an angry crowd on his way to work. And he tells a story of his strange relationship with his dad that contributed to being isolated. Check it out. Matthew, another unhappy citizen expressing his disapproval? I'll be fine. Oh, you're disgusting. Go home. I have a job to do. My father never allowed me to shirk responsibility. Well, he raised you right. You must have Roman blood. We don't speak. Jews are odd. People are. How can you not have a relationship with your own father? He says he has no son. Now, this is a very heartbreaking moment that we learn this about Matthew. But just for a second, can we step in the shoes of his dad when he learned that his son was a tax collector? Now, just imagine, you know, you have a son that's coming home from college. And with pride in your eyes, right, you look at him, my son, right? And you ask him, and you say, so, so now that you graduated, what are you going to do? And he looks at you and he says, Dad, I'm starting a meth lab. I'm going to be the neighborhood drug dealer. You're, you're like, what? Like, like, with all the brains, all the money we put into your, your learning, you're going to do something that hurts our community, do something that brings shame to our family? See, here's the thing. Family conflict can imprint on us, right? And, and they can lead us into these cages of isolation. And I can tell you, this is something that I personally relate to. See, I grew up in a huge family. I actually have nine brothers and sisters. You can say the Wilson household is its own community, right? We, we didn't have much, but, you know, we were overall happy family. But around the ages of 10 or 11, I, I began to notice that there was an increase in the fighting that was happening amongst my parents, right? And, and this fighting wasn't an exchange of nicely phrased words. This was jelly jars flying across the kitchen kind of action. And, and I, I remember seeing the pain of my, my parents like this and making the decision to get as far away from it as possible. So I would, I would do whatever I had to do. You know, lock myself in my room, the bathroom, closet, to, to, to get away. And, and so for early on in my life, isolation became my default. See, we all have cages. Maybe you are in a cage of isolation where you have inner conflicts, right, from these past hurts, but you choose not to face them. But on the inside, you're restless and you're broken. Or, or maybe you're even in a, a spiritual isolation where you have been in moments where you've compromised your faith and now you feel distant from God. Can I ask you, how connected have you felt over these last nine months with, with others, with God? The question is, are, are we getting comfortable behind our cages? Are, are we choosing to stay there? See, Matthew chose 
to be a tax collector. He chose to stay behind his cage. But the thing is, our cages ultimately cause us to self-destruct because simply we are not in a place to receive the strength and support needed from others. You know, Proverbs 18.1 says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment. But church, today, God is doing something new. Amen. In the show Chosen, we see Matthew witness something that he's never seen before, something that has him question everything as he witnesses the very power of Jesus. Check it out. I just wanted to hear the teacher teach. Abir, it's okay. Come up. How did you get up there? We climbed the ladder. It's easy. Thank you. Uh, where are your parents? Ah, I see, okay. Okay, well, the man speaking is called... Jesus of Nazareth. We know him. Probably for the first time in his life, he realizes that he's lost. After seeing the, the power and the, and the majesty of Jesus, he's realizing that his way of life is, is not sustainable. He's realizing that he can't stay in his cage. See, because here's the truth. We were made for community, made to be connected. So church, what I, I want to say is whatever cage you're in today, I want you to know that Jesus is calling you out. See, when we're in our depths of isolation, I want you to understand that Jesus is calling us from cages to community. In Matthew 9.9, it says this, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a, a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, right? It says he saw a man. Jesus saw Matthew. Matthew, who, who bordered on being hated and invisible, is now being seen by Jesus. Check this powerful scene out. A mother of a son with talent like yours should be proud. She's ashamed that I could use the talent that God gave me against God. Next. You're good at something. You found a way to make a living doing it. It's that simple. Must be nice to live in a world so simply ordered. We live in the same world, Matthew. Next. Besides, what else are you gonna do with a mind like yours? 
Matthew. Matthew, son of Alpheus. Yes. Follow me. Me? <laughs> yes, you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. What are you doing? You want me to join you? Keep moving, street preacher. Do you have any idea what this guy has done? Do you even know him? Yes. Listen, I said to... What are you doing? Where do you think you're going? Guys, let me go. Have you lost your mind? You have money. Quintus protects you. No Jew lives as good as you. You're gonna throw it all away. Yes. I don't get it. You didn't get it when I chose you either. But this is different. I'm not a tax collector. Get used to different. Get used to different. Can we just say that? Get used to different. See, Jesus calls Matthew out of the place that he's known for so long and into community with him. Listen, can, can you just imagine yourself like Matthew, being, being so different your entire life, being seen by the one who truly understands you? See, he's able to see us. Jesus is able to see us beyond our choices, beyond our cage, through our cage, and see the very image of God that he created in us. Can we just say amen to that? See, maybe you've been in a place where you felt like you have not been understood. And like Matthew, you've been an outcast and you've made bad choices. Jesus wants you to know that he sees past the cage and he's calling you out today. Amen. Amen. Let's praise God for that. But something amazing happens next. See, the Bible lets us know that not only did he call him out of his cage, but he also invited him to dinner. In Matthew 9:10, it says, While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. I love this verse because Jesus is showing us how important community is. See, he brings other tax collectors to, to Matthew to see that he's not alone, to know that he's understood by others and that he is accepted. See, maybe during this season that you, you've been feeling like a felt parent in homeschooling, right? Maybe you've been feeling the weight of financial pressures. Maybe you've suffered a loss. Church, I want you to know that you are not alone. Listen, as a natural introvert, something God has been teaching me is that to have community and communion with Jesus is to have community and communion with others. See, he is calling us from cages to community. I love the passage and how, how, how that story in Matthew ends when Jesus was eating at Matthew's house in verse 11. And it says, when the Pharisees saw this, they asked, how could Jesus have communion with sinners, with, with tax collectors? And here's the truth. Sometimes when we're in our cage, sometimes we ask ourselves the same question. God, how can you be so close to me when I keep making mistakes? 
How can you be so close to me when I'm struggling with addiction? How can you be so close to me when I cheated on my, my, my boyfriend, my girlfriend? But Jesus answers this question in such a profound way when he responds in Matthew 9, 12. And he says this. He says, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Then he says, for I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And church, this is something we should praise God for right now. Amen. Let's praise God for that. See, because sometimes we're fooled to think that Jesus wants to hang out with us only when we're doing well, when we haven't made any mistakes. But when we are in those moments of guilt and shame, Jesus is letting us know that he has come specifically for those moments. See, Jesus is calling us from cages to community. And I believe today he is calling us to invite others in the community with him. See, the verse said, as Jesus was passing by, he saw Matthew. And this is the question I have for you. Who is it that Jesus is calling you to see? Like I said, I, I, I'm the youth pastor here. And, you know, I, I pray for your teenagers. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and nothing illustrates the need to be called out from isolation to commun community like high schoolers. You know, I remember one time preparing for a high school event. And, you know, we were busy doing all the things, getting things ready. You know, I was with a group of leaders. When, when, when a teen tapped me on the shoulder and said, Pastor Jonathan, can, can I just talk to you? Right? And so she started to let me know that, you know, she was, felt awkward, that she felt like a weirdo, that she felt alone and she had no friends. And she was letting me know that she was feeling isolated. She also let me know that she was about to stop coming to church altogether. And in that moment, I, I tell you, I was trying to think of something really wise to say, right, a, a really good Bible verse to quote, when one of the other teens just stepped in, put her arms around her. This was pre-COVID, y'all, by the way put her arms around her, and she began to talk and share with her and, and let her know, hey, we all feel awkward. We all are a bunch of weirdos. See, she invited her into community, and that girl who was going to walk away is now a vibrant part of leadership in Liquid High School. Can we say your name to that? See, check it out. Check it out. If Jesus would have left Matthew in the cage, he would have never written and, and going on to write one of the Gospels that have brought millions and probably billions of people to Christ. So get this, Matthew, the tax collector, went from writing fraudulent tax records to writing the Gospel. See, when we invite people into community, they have an opportunity to walk into their calling. Listen, Jesus calls us from cages to community and from prisons to our purpose. Say amen to that. So can I ask you, who's the Matthew in your life? You need to call into community because... People right now are struggling, struggling to connect. They're struggling to find belonging. They're struggling to get closer to God. And, and check it out. That's the enemy's entire M.O., to push us away from the love of God. And I'm sure Matthew struggled so much with how he compromised his faith. He willingly chose to betray his people, to turn away from God's ways and God's people. And the amount of guilt he felt, I'm sure, created a chasm in his heart between him and God. And it's the same for us. See, the enemy tries to use our guilt, our shame to separate us from God. Maybe because we believe that, you know, God is too angry and too disappointed with me to, to face him. But the truth is, church, the heart of God is tender and patient and it's actually aching for us. You know, this is something that I personally experienced firsthand with my oldest son. You know, like, like any kid, he likes to play on our devices, right? 
And uh, once me and my wife were horrified to find out that he actually wasn't watching Superbook on my iPad, but he actually learned how to search for things that a grown man shouldn't see. Explicit images that, that, that broke my heart to know that his eyes had even seen at his age. And when I approached him about it, you know, he, he immediately started crying, but he wouldn't talk to me about it. See, because of guilt, he, he was in a cage of isolation. And, and days would go on, and he wouldn't even look my way, and he wouldn't talk to me. And, and I remember the pain as, as a father, missing my son's company and conversation, being much more than the pain of whatever he'd done. You know, after three days, he, he finally began to talk to me. And, you know, I, I tried to do the good dad thing and explain why he shouldn't be looking at those things. And, and as I was talking, you know, he just kind of cut me off. And he began to cry and say, Daddy, Daddy, can, can we just pray right now? I, I just want to pray. And I said, of course. And church, as he started to pray, his words, his prayer broke my heart because he started to pray, God, please don't be angry at me anymore. God, please don't let my dad be mad at me anymore. And at that moment, church, I, I began to realize exactly what the enemy's plan was for my son and what his plan is for all of us. See, it's not just what we do. He wants to use the guilt to separate us from the love of God. And I, I remember grabbing my son close and pulling him close and, Rome, and opening Romans 8.38 that says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, Neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can we praise God for that? See, nothing can separate us. Nothing. No guilt, no shame, no sin, no cage. We have to remember that Jesus took all our sins. He bled and he died so that nothing can separate us from his love. So when we are in our cages, I want you to understand that Jesus calls us to remember the cross. This means to remember that he is faithful to forgive our sins when we confess. Remember the cross. Somebody say, remember the cross. This means to remember that there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Somebody say, remember the cross. Remember that it has the power to tear down every veil of separation, every barrier between you and the love of God. Can somebody say amen to that? There is now no separation. Come on, let's thank God for the cross. We don't have to stay in cages. We don't have to stay in cages because Jesus is calling us out. So we need to get used to different. So today, wherever you are, on your faith walk, I want you to know that Jesus is calling you to experience communion and community with him like never before. If, if you've never made the decision to accept Christ, I want you to know this time is for you. This moment is for you. Maybe you've been in a cage of doubt, but you hear the voice of God calling. Don't harden your heart. Let today be the day you experience what it is to be in communion and community with our God. You know, my prayer this whole year has been, Lord, if things return to normal, let, let me not return to normal. See, we don't want to go through a year like 2020 and come back and be in the same place. But we should pray that, Lord, that let this year drive us closer to you. So today, as we remember the cross, as we remember the price paid for, for union and community with God, we're going to take communion as a symbolism 
of our decision to step out of our cages and live life in complete community and communion with God. So what I want you to do is go ahead, get your communion element. If you're at home, if you, you have goldfish and Gatorade, this is the time to get it. If you're here, if you have bread and juice. And we're going to take a moment to remember that communion means coming into union with Christ and with one another. Did you know that on the night Jesus died, he took the bread that they were eating and he broke it, saying, this is my body broken for you. Then he took the wine and he said, this is my blood shed for you. Jesus is saying, guys, I'm going to suffer and die for you on the cross so that you can have a relationship with me, so that you no longer have to live in cages, but rather in community with Jesus and with one another. Guys, let's take a moment and ask God before we take the elements together. God, who are you asking me to invite into community? Or maybe do I need to accept Jesus' invitation to follow him into community? Before we take our elements, let's just take a moment to listen to the Holy Spirit. Then I'll pray and then we'll take the elements. Let's just take a moment. Father, speak to our hearts. Speak to our souls, Jesus. Lord, thank you for this moment, God. When we recognize that you're calling us, God, whatever has separated us from you, whatever cages of life that we find ourselves in, God, you have the power to completely obliterate it because of what you did on the cross. So tonight, God, we, we ask that you help us to hear your voice, God. You help us to have the boldness and the courage to, God, even be more vulnerable, even be more transparent with you, God, that we can draw closer to you, God. If it's somebody that we need to see, that maybe we haven't seen, that we need to invite into community, God, we ask that you, God, you reveal that to us as well. God, what a beautiful gift you've given us to have a relationship and complete communion and community with you. We thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name. So let's take our elements. This is the body broken. Let's take it. Let's eat. This is the blood shed for our sins. Let's take it and drink. Amen. Can we just take a moment and celebrate the fact of what Jesus has done for us, that we can have community and communion with him. Come on, let's praise God for that. Let's praise God for that. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to check out Liquid Church for a weekend service, small group, outreach, or clean water trip, you can find out more about us online at liquidchurch.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and subscribe or share it with a friend. Thanks again for listening.